Y'all ready to be history? It's Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This week we have another special guest. But first, don't forget, if you want to try Booth, use the uh, code PAP200 to get 200 bucks off your purchase. Our guest is uh, an innovator, Jonathan Rowden from GPU. Um, well, the, the company, I'm not sure what the company's called, but the product <laughs> is GPU. Now, this is too techie for me. I'm, I'm way out of the league of this one, but uh, the other guys might step in. But give, can you give us just a bit of a background, Jonathan? And also, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Actually, our company is named GPU Audio. We've sort of aimed to be the Kleenex, you know, of new audio technology in a certain way um, because it, it speaks directly to the innovation that we're, that we're working on primarily, which is audio processing from the lowest possible level that we could basically approach it from, right? Um, and the, the conception is, you know, how can we, you know, how can we reimagine or rediscover the way that we process audio in order to give people truly next-gen, you know, tools and abilities uh, to create you know, the music production tools of the future. And that's essentially sort of, you know, the core of what we do. So, so yeah, that's mm. why we're called GPU audio. Some people might see the name Brainjins, which was a former name. Uh, company was founded in Switzerland um, a number of years ago, almost seven years ago now, very much a stealth company for many years. Um, I came on board about two years ago. And uh, since then, I'm now co-founder and the chief business development officer, which is a fancy way of saying I form all the partnerships with third parties and help uh, plan products and generally have have um, really helped to kind of cast vision you know, for what our mission is as a company. So the basis of what you're doing and the reason that we wanted to get you on the show is the fact that you... And I and again, a bit like AP, I'm a little out of my depth with this stuff. But um, basically, what you're doing is creating plugins, reverbs, etc., that don't use the CPU; they use GPU. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, and more specifically, why would you want to do that? Right? That's the question everybody mm -hmm. has. Like, yes, yo, indeed. my CPU is working great. Why the hell would I want to use my GPU? And uh -huh. it's like, well, you know, it it actually comes back to a a problem that people have been trying to solve for at least ten years. They've seen, you know, as you guys probably already know, a, a GPU has thousands of cores on it. Um, I believe mine has well over eight thousand, maybe nine thousand cores on it. Um, it's an NVIDIA GPU with what they call CUDA cores. So. You know, these cores are all running, you know, maybe like 1500 megahertz. So it's a little bit per core. The clock speed is a little bit slower than your CPU. But when you have thousands of them running in parallel, you know, your imagination immediately starts to jump to what are the possibilities with this, right? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly bottlenecking on CPU power, um, which is why we have external DSP hardware, right? So, you know, the, it begs the question, like, what if, what if that wasn't an issue anymore? What if I could offload even just my favorite plugin or maybe all of my least favorite plugins and then save my CPU for my favorite plugin, right? Either or, what, what would happen if we were able to handle, you know, DSP in a parallel processing situation with a processor like a GPU that because it's been designed for visualizations and graphics 
has thousands of cores as opposed to, you know, maybe eight or 16 even, right? So, mm. Don't so most that's, plugins only yeah. use one CPU core? Right. So yeah, that's the funny part, right? Is like, you know, a lot of companies, like even some DAWs, you know, have come out and said, oh yeah, we support parallel, parallel, uh, you know, threads and stuff like that. But then, you know, the people who are making the plugins aren't really, um, you know, working hard to innovate on that side too, because there's just a, I mean, there's a host of different issues with that, uh, notwithstanding, you know, the issues that lie within the VST3 sort of container itself, right? So kind of get back to what GPU audio is and how we, you know, solve this problem. And, and again, it's not just solving one problem. It's also, um, you know, creating possibilities. So we're solving problems and creating a next gen standard so that people can create things that they maybe weren't able to even envision before. Um, but yeah, so, so what we've done is we've made it possible um, to actually do GPU processing in parallel with audio. Audio is normally processed, like you said, sequentially. You know, um, you know, sometimes I use it's a terrible analogy for the audio engineers and they'll they'll all send me hate mail and stuff. But you know, I kind of imagine like a like a tube in the sewer, right? How many rats can you fit in at the same time? Well, you know, as as fat as the rats are, they gotta move as fast as possible, right? They just mm-hmm. gotta be they gotta be hustling, right, to get through their, you know, to get like I don't know, like 500 rats through a tunnel at the same time, right? But what if that tunnel was widened out and they could all pass through in the blink of an eye, right? That's kind of the idea with this parallel processing is like, okay, if we can accomplish this on GPUs and we can do it with low latency, then it unlocks possibilities for extremely high DSP loads to be handled in real time, you know, which effectively will impact the ability of, you know, machine learning-based plugins, AI-based plugins, um, Anything that has heavy load DSP, we can now process, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 times faster and more efficiently on the GPU as opposed to a CPU. And the core innovation of what GPU Audio has done as a company is solving the problem of the latency. Um, if you do any state of research on on Google right now, you're going to find people saying this is not possible. This tech cannot exist um, because, you know, GPUs are known to have in excess of 400 milliseconds of latency in the latest university research, you know, over the last decade, uh, especially when it pertains to audio experiments. Um, that's that's where our you know patented scheduler technology comes in. It's it's uh, essentially this it's very complicated, but it was worked on over a period of about five years. And that has enabled this to be done basically in real time. One millisecond latency within VST3s, um, 150 microseconds is the current benchmark for outside of the VST wrapper. Wow. And man, we can do it over the cloud. It can be networked. So, you know, I can use my MacBook um, and I can use the DSP from my graphics card on my gaming PC, just being connected to the router, that type of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So does that answer your question? Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That answers a lot of questions. Yeah. Doesn't okay. it just? It also opens a lot of cans of worms, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I was wondering how it could be relevant to us on Mac in the short term. I see that you have Mac support coming in the, in the down the pike, but now I can see where it comes in, where you literally would have a computer that you'd built as essentially like a server, uh, if you want to call it that, and that would be where you would do all your heavy lifting is on that giant noisy fan laden monster PC <laughs> in, in my, in my particular case. Yes, because you know, I'm a shameless crypto miner and that I also love to play games from time to time. Um, How did I know you were a crypto miner? When I saw the GPU <laughs> graphics card in RTX 3080 Ti, I was like, this guy, he's probably into crypto mining. I'm yeah. just saying. 
Okay. Shameless, uh, shameless buyer of ape coin, which actually just went bonkers yesterday. Almost a twenty, it was like seventeen dollars, and I bought it at eleven. It's great. Um, hey. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge <laughs> crypto trader, but I do, I do like to hoard Bitcoin. I'm a, I'm a hodler, as they say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, when it when it comes to Mac, so so I guess maybe giving you like a really quick company roadmap, you know, of kind of what the technology is doing right now and what it's going to do in the near future would really yeah. sort of answer that question for you. Um, so we had to start somewhere. So we started with uh, Windows PCs and NVIDIA cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason being... Invi- good cho- good choice, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you choice. know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Windows <laughs> fan and... You know, I, I think NVIDIA sort of runs the world anyways in a lot of, in a lot of senses. So, um, so we started there. And since then, we've released an early access plugin. This is a super simple convolution reverb. It's not meant to change the world. It's just meant to work, right? But the point is, is that it can work at scale. So like on my current GPU, I can run about 200 instances of a stereo convolution reverb at one millisecond latency within Reaper, right? So that's kind of like my personal stress test. But wow. the early ac- early access program is really here to get people to help test the technology, you know, stress test it, find a bunch of bugs. You know, different DAWs have different bugs because their implementation and the way that they use utilize GPUs for GUI design and drawing, which is, you know, for layman's terms, the graphics, you know, of your plugins. Um, so there's, you know, there's that. And then after early access comes, we're going to release a beta suite of plugins that come in June. That's going to be a whole production suite of what we consider to be sort of like some bread and blood, uh, bread and blood. We were talking about Vikings before the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> bread and blood. Um, yeah. Send your blood donations to my, my, my Bitcoin address. Um, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, so, so kind of what I consider to be bread and butter plugins, you know, for production. Uh, and, and again, that's, you know, to make a statement, to make a point, try to get this going. But during the beta, when beta drops at NAM in June, we're going to continue the early access program. And that early access plugin is where we're going to roll out features like AMD GPU support, audio unit GPU support, uh, Mac OS support, M1 support, you know, the list goes on and on. And and thankfully, we, we're, we've actually made a lot of headway um, in most of those areas pretty quickly. So I think the final M1 support could come a lot sooner than later, which which would, of course, be super exciting for everybody, you know, yeah. who's interested. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, with uh, with uh, the plugins, do, can you use third-party plugins with GPU? Absolutely. So the whole purpose of this company is not to... Um, not to sound like a total apologist, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, I come from a background, you know, I, I come from a jazz background. I'm, you know, rooted in community-based music, right? Where it's, uh, you know, it, it is kind of a dog-eat-dog world in the jazz world too in LA, but at the same time, there's a sense of uh, collaboration is the new competition. And I've believed that for at least the last five years, you know, since I started kind of branching into technology and joined GPU audio. So, you know, it was, it was really important for us to make sure that we're not just creating a plugin. We're not creating a suite of plugins that'll have some sort of competitive advantage. But, you know, we're looking at the greater good here. It's like this this technology, people have been wanting it for like at least 10 years. And in some cases, I hear people on the, inter, on the in the interwebs, you know, leave comments on YouTube videos and stuff saying, I've been looking for this for 20 years, you know. And I mean, for, for me, it's really important that other companies are able to use this tech. So in addition to just making plugins, we're also releasing an entire SDK. It's a modular SDK. We have new ways of creating GUIs where you can basically use like Unreal 4K graphics in your GUI design uh, without affecting, you know, your performance. 
Um, it'll have all the scheduler technology built in. People can use this to implement from basically any platform they want. It's not just plugins. So I think, uh, in fact, one of our first collaborative uh, collaborations is with a company called Mach 1 Technologies that creates possibly the world's most flexible open source SDK for spatial audio mixing. And uh, they're working on an exciting platform that's a standalone platform for spatial audio creation that's going to be powered by GPU audio. So, um, so yes, the SDK is going to be available and we are working directly with third parties that want to take advantage of this tech um, as it, as it you know, begins to kind of sweep over things. A couple of things. Um, firstly, uh, I didn't realize Jed Kiampit was into plugins and didn't realize he was waiting 20 years to get his hands on the GPU system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know whose voice. <laughs> I was, cha- <laughs> Jed I was Tra- channel. Oh, the Beverly Hills. Oh, that's right. My dad used to talk about Jed all the time. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, makes me feel young. Excellent. <laughs> sorry, George, over to you. Oh, no, no. Um, I wanted to get an idea. So, for, you know, I think I'm thinking of my audience here. Some of us, some of these folks that are listening are definitely high level engineer audio geeks, but 85 to probably more percent of them are, are very low, relatively lower tech people. But I guess the question would be is how do you know when it's time that you're, you need more processing power in terms of going from a CPU based system like on a Mac M1 to needing to go to something more hardcore like a GPU based you know, tool set. When, when, when is, when is the user? Cause like you said, like you said, somebody said 20 years ago, we've wanted this. Why did they want it? Were, were people running into a limitation all the time? That's, is it keeping people from being able to produce what they want to produce because of this, this, uh, this barrier of performance? You know, that's, that's a really interesting question for me um, because I think about it both from a user standpoint, but also sort of a philosophical side. And I'll, I'll start with the user side. You know, I think, uh, I think it depends on the user. So I, you know, my, my, my former life, I was a professional saxophonist, um, you know, career improviser. You know, I, I ran into these issues all the time. I remember, I, I specifically remember a period of time where I spent over $3,000 on a MacBook Pro. This was a very big purchase for me and I was, I was so excited about it. And I went to go and, you know, record some live sessions and lo and behold, I was, I was running into weird issues. You know what I mean? I was running into, into, and it, and it wasn't something I expected, right? Because it's like, okay, I spent this much money on a product that should just work. Right. 2016, right? <laughs> Pro- actually, yeah, probably. It was okay, around go there. on, go on. So, so for me, you know, my, my personal experience, um, you know, dictates a lot of the way I feel about that question. Um, yeah. I, I think that for, like you said, maybe that, that 85% of your audience or so, they probably do run into limitations. I mean, but then there's also limitations that we don't talk about. And those limitations are the things that we do that are status quo. Um, it's it's the, uh, the concessions that we make because of the lack of technology that we don't even realize we're missing. That's right? a good so, point. Yeah, expanding yeah. that idea. Yeah. So, so like for me, a really big one is having to sum your tracks or having to, um, you know, like, likewise just export things and and pre-render them out and import them back into a session. Right. Like, you know, we, we do that stuff all the time. I mean, I'm a sound designer now, so. Or freezing tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Freezing tracks or having to pre-render things out so that you can get an idea of what it sounds like. And then you're like, ah, crap, that doesn't sound right. I got to go back and fix that in the other session. So there's this kind of ping pong in between things. There's this workflow that we've all come to accept that, you know, it could be improved upon. And I, and I think that's the key of innovation, you know, is looking at things of how can we, you know, not how can we squeeze users for more money, 
right? But how can we actually improve on the existing workflows? Because, you know, a better workflow means better delivery time. And for me as an independent artist, perhaps that means that maybe I can accept more contracts, right? Because I think a lot of independent guys don't have big studios of like five, six, 10, 20 engineers to work with. And, you know, the importance of being able to finish a project within a couple of hours you know, maybe that'll make a big difference to some. So, so you expand that idea and, you know, it starts to get to your wheels turning about, you know, how can we improve workflow? What are other ways that we can improve on this? So I guess that's my best answer, or at least my, my first gut reaction answer to your question. Yeah. Satisfies my needs. On, on the flip side, what's the end game? Like in terms of where GPU audio ends up in say 10 years, what's the goal? Are you looking at door, a, a door of your own or what's the... <laughs> What's the end game? Well, can't really say it all. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm not, kill you. <laughs> I would, yeah, well, you'd have, I mean, you'd without have giving say, away any secrets, but I mean, surely it's more than just. I mean, I guess it's hard for you to answer in retrospect, but oh, I'm it's, oh, it's, I'm just mess, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was going to make a, another joke about Bitcoin. Well, send me a Bitcoin, and maybe I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. So this this question is actually really well related to your past one because my my other point was going to be um you know the the needs and the the bottlenecks and stuff that professionals like like hardcore professionals nerds I guess you'd say you know are are going through like I know a guy in in LA and I'm sure he's not unique or I heard about this guy that he's using three computers in total to do his Dolby mixes, <laughs> you know, something like that like he's rendering on one computer and then he's mixing on the other one and stuff and you know we can get rid of all that mess too, um, short and sweet to put, to put it that way. Um, but yeah, so in this, this really ties into the future plan. So, you know, our step one was we need to announce ourselves to the world. We need to say that GPU audio as a technology, not just as a company, but as a technology is now a viable option, right? It's either a viable alternative or a viable future next gen standard. We tend to err on the side of the, of the latter because we're, you know, positivists in a certain way. Um, and, and really think that, you know, it can scale super fast if we can become, um, like the more success we have and the faster we can grow, which is why we've expanded to over 30, uh, 30 employees right now. And we did a fundraise, uh, you know, late last year that was really successful. And we're going to do another one at the end of the year, probably. Um, but yeah, where we're going, we're, we're expanding from this initial plugin offering, I guess you would say to, again, you know, inculcating third party members and to, you know, help them develop. We're going to give them the SDK. We're going to license the SDK to some, um, you know, directly. And then others, we're going to work directly with them you know, to kind of help build it. Uh, we're building partnerships with other companies that way. Mach one is the first one and there's a bunch of other ones in the pipeline. Um, and then from there, we, we want to just kind of see it expand. So one of our most exciting partnerships that we have right now is actually NVIDIA themselves. Um, so we were, uh, brought into their inception, uh, accelerator program, which gives us a lot of access to, you know, really cool funding. It gives us access to a lot of different departments within, within NVIDIA. Um, there was kind of a rumor that someone very, very high up at NVIDIA was really excited about our tech, which is really cool. Um, and, and he, or this person in particular was able to kind of spread the word around and, you know, now words getting around throughout NVIDIA and we have multiple departments that want to talk about implementation. So, so the long, the long-term 
scheme of GPU audio really is not how we can just influence plugins, but how can we create an interconnected pathway between other virtual workflows, other platforms, and make audio itself, audio workflows themselves, the truly, like truly interoperable, not just with each other, because like, you know, the state of collaboration right now is people are like, oh, how can I get Pro Tools to kind of work with my Ableton session? And it's like, well, that's, that's dope. But what if your Pro Tools session worked with, you know, like a program that has nothing to do with audio, right? What if it worked in Blender? Like what if we could connect all of these different things and create a sort of an ecosystem or an infrastructure for this to happen, um, you know, based in the cloud with low latency. So that's kind of where we're going with all of this. Um, you know, we have some really exciting technology that is already built um, and we're, we're building it in what we call modules. And these uh, different modules that we've developed are being tested right now with focus groups, uh, which people can apply for to be part of if they're in the pro audio community. And, uh, and part of the goal of those focus groups is to create, you know, this, this future infrastructure for like hardcore GPU audio cloud processing. So what that means is that your DSP can be on the cloud if you so choose, and it can function within one millisecond latency and your processing doesn't have to take place on your actual computer, you know, in the not so far away future. So that's, that's really where we want to go. And we want to, we want to bring audio and high performance computing together. You know, we want to open those channels because I I think it's time. I think it's time that, um, you know, post studios and stuff like that don't have to, you know, upload their shit to Dropbox, you know, and send that over to you know, whoever's working in whatever other program or virtual production. So, I mean, sounds like this has got far more reaching possibilities than just audio, though. I mean, outside of audio, there's got to be a billion yeah. different applications for this sort of thing. Yeah, so the, the low latency part of the tech stack, uh, definitely. So like we've, you know, we've talked with uh, NVIDIA and we've talked with other companies too. I mean, there, there are hardware companies that want to talk about how to implement, um, you know, and, and by the way, not all GPUs are noisy and super loud, right? I mean, you can get a gaming laptop that's super quiet or, uh, you know, different companies have embedded, you know, GPUs that you can take and you can embed it like in speakers, for instance. Let's say Pro Audio speaker company came or uh, someone in public transit said, hey, we want to, we want to implement, you know, noise canceling AI technology, you know, throughout this public transit situation. Like, can we replace our ARM processors with like tiny little GPU processors and do 40 or a hundred times the performance on DSP? And it's like, well, the answer is yes. So, you know, any, anywhere that GPUs are used and anywhere that audio is used is the answer. That's, that's where we could go with it. We're just, we just happen to be passionate about audio, right? I mean, we're passionate musicians and, you know, producers, I think almost everybody, in the company is a music producer. We're even, we're all talking about doing like a collaborative album or something, which (laughs) probably never happened. I feel like that's something that like everybody talks about. Um, But yeah, you know, so, so the low latency part of the, of the GPU audio innovation on that tech that we call the scheduler, like that could be implemented across anything that uses, you know, GPUs, for instance. So like, let's just say that like a major GPU company is doing broadcasting solutions, like they're handling live streaming, you know, or maybe they're like a major media streaming platform for, for, uh, you know, movies and TV, you know, if those companies want to be able to utilize even lower latency on the GPU, you know, our tech stack from the ground up is sort of built to do that, right? Because that's where the innovation came from. So, mm. so it's one of those situations where yes, it can be implemented in many different ways. Um, and this is just kind of the beginning of our journey, but, but yeah, our, our, our focus definitely is on the pro audio community and on, you know, 
building this structure. But, but again, it's like, I'm, I'm sort of like a networked individual, um, you know, hive mind kind of like aware person. So I'm, I'm really thinking about, you know, is the pro audio connected to other communities and how can those communities interact with each other in more meaningful ways and in more efficient ways. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, if you decide to do your collaborative album, uh, you could do something (laughs) like, um, you know, uh, we are the GPU or, you know, um, (laughs) do that. Do they know it's GPU? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> oh, this, yeah, this this is getting spicy. It yeah. is getting spicy. So, yeah, so do you guys do you guys sit around the office uh, measuring your teraflops? <laughs> are we still talking about GPUs here? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what are we talking about, George? <laughs> is that your Friday night game at the bar? Well, that's how we measure our performance. <laughs> yeah, my GPU is thirty-eight millimeters. Right, that's how we measure teraflops. Is how you measure like literally ca- calculations. <laughs> so I have a, I have a question for you guys, if you don't mind. Um, so for you, like thinking about you know plugins, not not like a plugin that maybe you've had issues with or you know takes up a lot of DSP, but if you were able to dream up something, right, something that would be you know that the, the power the power uh, draw would just be too much. You know, what would it be? Like, what would be your ideal world plugin? Because that that's the thing that gets me the most excited, to be honest, is, you know, people being able to do that kind of thing, you know? Well, I mean, we most recently were playing around, and I have been playing around with Waves Clarity VX, mm-hmm. and that certainly puts a load on the system. It's using a neural network, so it's learning and adapting real time as it listens to the audio, right? Mm-hmm. So... It can't do that in literal real time. Like you can't like insert it on a track and monitor the sound of what it sounds like having removed the room tone, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what that plugin does. It it sucks the voice out of the background noise and isolates it in a kind of freaky magical kind of way. So to be able to do that a hundred completely real time, and that would just be a button on, you know, a three hundred dollar USB audio interface. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I'd like that. I'd buy that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would, that would be amazing. Yeah, we've we've talked so much about that kind of stuff. Actually, almost that exact situation, you know? And that's, yeah. that's yeah, that's been a big request that uh, a lot of people have been leaving comments for too. I you mean, know, there's analog ways of doing it and digital DSP controlled analog ways of doing it. Like mm-hmm. Cedar has been doing it for many years and they can do it with low latency, but it's still essentially just an analog process. It's just a bunch of, you know, essentially gates. Um, frequency-dependent gates. So this, this, you know, the technology and clarity is a whole different animal. So yeah, I can only imagine the future where now we buy an interface and it doesn't just have a button that says vintage or 4K or air or whatever to make you sound sparkly. Now you have a button that just says, you know, remove room tone or clean up or clean. And there's just no longer any background noise. You could set up your mic in any crappy environment, any hotel room, and the software will now remove the room. It'll calculate and remove all of the reflections. It will allow you to create the acoustical environment in which you're recording from any acoustical environment that you happen to be in. That is where we need to go because then we don't have to have booths. We don't have to have rooms. We don't have to have anything. We just have a mic and a, and a, and a computer. George, you realize you know, you're doing yourself you out of a business, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah, but right. can you imagine this This, this uh, as a, an example that you have a booth at home 
and you have a, an interface that has a cleanup button, but it also has a memory and it can memorise the sound of your booth. And then wherever you happen to set up your mic, within reason, it will copy that sound. Yeah, that's another cool idea. You know, oh, I try to do that manually. I try to match EQs and use my ear and make a preset, you know, and all this stuff. But to have an automated system that does that so you can go on the road with a different mic and work in a different space and pick up a session mid-session and just keep right on recording and the client will never even know the difference. That's yeah, that's audio perfect. science fiction right now. So right? so now what if you combine that right with uh you know visual or acoustic measurement, binaural or ambisonic, you know, impulse response recordings of specific spaces, and then that could also influence the uh the the machine learning capabilities of, you know, replicating certain spaces so that your audio is always perfect also, you know. There's yeah. Um, there's, there's other companies doing interesting stuff with IRs too. Um, I can't talk about all of them, but there's like a, yeah, some pretty pretty interesting stuff out there. Um, Impulse responses? Is that what that IR means? Yeah, yeah. I just call them IRs because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> one, I'm here to guy, speak for the people that are going, huh? One, in the one, audience. <laughs> one guy says DAW and I say D-A-W and the other person spells the whole thing out. You know, it's just uh, it's this, <laughs> r- this round robin of linguistics. Uh, yeah. makes my brain explode. I know, but, 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 but I, that's point, what I'm thinking of, you know, like mm. this is the thing, what I do for a living is creating acoustical spaces out of crappy situations that people can record voiceover in. That's what mm. I spend every day, all day doing. And yeah, I love making money. I love money. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I also love solving problems. And if I could give a client a plug-in or a device that will allow them to subtract the room from their situation and uh, basically make them sound like they're in an anechoic chamber, um, you know, within reason, that would be uh, pretty awesome because now the producers would have a clean audio track no matter what. Well, and here's the beautiful thing. What you do is you could, you could build that with GPU audio, right? Slap your brand on it. And then you've got a plugin that you can use and license that, you know, along with the business model of what you actually already provide and use that as a way to scale what you do. You know what I mean? We'll be talking. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, and this is like the business developer in me, right? Is, is the side of things where it's like, look, um, you know, we, we, we understand the, the plight of not wanting, wanting to be put out of work, right? I'm a saxophone player. I don't want, you know, robot sax to, to replace me or something mm. like that. And the only robot sax out there is, it came out a few years ago. It was on YouTube. It's like some Japanese project where they had a, a <laughs> fake mouth with like a diaphragm and a tongue. It was very bizarre. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wasn't designed for sex. Yeah, I was going to first version. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, the best intentions, right? But I'm sure it, it ended up in some red light district. That, uh-huh. you know? but, <laughs> but, but, Sounds like an but, old you know, girlfriend of mine. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the, the point is, is like, you know, Get it from sexy land. <laughs> I, I I think I love. I, I'm trying not to 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 <laughs> totally engage, but like stoop to our level. Yeah, I understand. No, 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 no. You're, you, guys, <laughs> yeah, that's you guys are good. Not guys my level. Their level. It's you the Australian level. God damn it. Trust me. <laughs> Sorry, what Jonathan. Was I saying? Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 no. You're fine. I'm just laughing over here and trying to drink some water. <laughs> Linguistic limbo. We call. Yes, it. yes. So you know, for, for me, it's it's like. You know, how can you use technology if, if you can open up pathways for users and make, make your life easier? That's when you can finally start to scale a business model, right? And that's why I think, 
you know, any concerns that people have about, you know, oh, if, if, if it's so much more efficient, I'm going to spend less hours on a project that'll make less money. And it's like, well, but then you'll have more projects, right? And your reputation will grow and you'll build more things. So I think at the end of the day, you know, technological progression, as long as it's done with the user in mind and like with actual business cases in mind, will will be awesome. You know, and, and to your point on that specific voice plugin, I mean, if you guys haven't already checked it out, you should check out um, RTX Voice, you know, by NVIDIA. This is a, a GPU powered, um, you know, noise cancellation sort of AI machine learning based thing. It's very good. Um, you know, it's, I think also, you know, they're Maxine, there's a project called Maxine, M-A-X-I-N-E. So if you look into those, for instance, like we're investigating those right now with our technology and our, our assessment of those things is that we can, again, make those essentially real time. Right. So, you know, there's a huge, um, there's, there's a huge market for that in the future. And I don't think it just is for audio producers either. You know, I think it's for broadcast, you know, anybody who wants to get more likes on YouTube because their voice sounds like Barack Obama, you know, what, whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever you can think of, you know, um, related to voice, I think that's going to be huge industry all on its own. Well, I had absolutely no clue that there was anything called NVIDIA broadcast. So that's a whole new thing. I, I had no idea that they were, dipping their toes into that world already. So that's interesting. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not an audio specific company, which is why they actually, you know, have been happy to kind of accept us as brand partners sure. and, and work with us and help us develop and cultivate relationships, you know, with the technology companies that are out there because they don't even partnership. have, Oh man, we're, we're so stoked. Yeah. They, they don't even have an audio SDK on their own. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so for us, it's, it's really cool to be in that fold and, um, and, and yeah, the, uh, by the way, obviously everything we're doing is going to work on AMD cards. Uh, it already works. We just haven't rolled it out in, in pre beta yet. So yeah. that'll, that'll come the end of May. So if people want to test out AMD cards, they can do that at the end of May. And, and we have a discord, uh, server by the way, where we do a lot of this testing. We have about 4,000 people that have signed up in the last two weeks and downloaded the plugin. Um, just from, you know, posts on forums and stuff like that. We haven't done any real hardcore marketing or like really put any money into it yet. And I think about 700 have joined the discord, which is really cool because those are the people that are actually, you know, talking about their experiences and sharing the, you know, their own visions for what this could be. Mm. And that's, that's really having a big impact on, on what we do in the development side. I'm just imagining, uh, you know, it, while we're talking is an interface, which has that, that dial, which basically is clarity VX using GPU and um, some AI that memorizes your booth at home and copies it wherever you go. That would be an absolute Monty. That would be amazing. Yeah. All I would have to do is just send like a sweep, right? Like a little signal out and do a measurement of your room. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you're right. I mean, all, all it would take was a small chip. I mean, we don't even, you don't even have to have like a crypto miners GPU installed, right? I mean, this could be embedded on the interface. So yeah, if you know, if, if you want to build something like that, you know, shoot me an email because uh, we're, we're open-minded. We yeah. do. There you go, <laughs> IP. Yes, There's a job for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what though, I mean, like it, it would, if you got in bed with someone like Centrance, hmm and uh, offered this chip to put into their interface, it would be a monster. It would be a monster. Wow. Yeah. yeah and it's totally possible. You know, and, and the, the beautiful thing about that too is if it was in an interface, right, and, uh, and that GPU is being accessed through the Thunderbolt cable, then you're not messing with your GPU that's on your computer, right, um, which is, you know, sort of a, a net benefit for some users who only use a single GPU on their computer, Um 
You know, uh, I can think of another ways that that would be uh, another couple of ways that that would be really interesting, but, but yeah, by, by far, I mean, if you can, if you can get this embedded, then, you know, you could also, they could, they could have their own, you know, DSP plugins and stuff like that that were designed for it. Um, but again, the beauty of it is that it's not a closed ecosystem, you know, it's not a walled garden. It's not a, uh, you know, it wouldn't be an interface where necessarily, you know, only, only the plugins developed by that company could, you know, take advantage of the interface. The interface could have a value proposition for the user that expands beyond that, right? It's like, hey, we made an interface that kicks ass and can use G- and has a GPU embedded in it. Um, it doesn't cost that much more than like a typical interface, right? Maybe a little bit more at a percentage level, but you know, the performance is like X amount of tens, tens of 40 times faster or whatever, right. Or has more volume or can process like thousands, hundreds or, you know, thousands of tracks or something like that. And then at the same time, it's like, Oh, by the way, every plugin that's on the market that works on GPUs can also use the processing from this. Um, that, that would be a huge value proposition for people. You know, I mean, imagine if like a universal audio, um, you know, interface also powered up all your other stuff, right. That's kind of, what you would yeah. be looking at is, uh, you know, having having that kind of scalability on a, on a personal level, you know, with your own products that you've already invested in. Yeah. Oh, and, and one one thing that needs to be said though is that you do have to redesign a VST three to take advantage of a GPU audio, you know, system. Obviously, because you know the architecture of a GPU is so different that we we created a new you know SDK for getting people to port their VSTs over to you know, use the GPU audio tech stack. So um, that is one thing that, that needs to be said that's relevant, but I don't think it's a, a bad limitation. I think it's actually a good one. I can actually see someone like Genelec getting into interfaces if they ever thought about moving into another product, another area, as opposed to speakers. Um, an interface with that kind of memory that can uh, copy a room, uh, sweep the room and then copy it wherever you are. They would love that. Yeah, That'd be sure. interesting. You could, yeah, you could sell it. Um, you know, look up the NVIDIA Jetson processor. It's like the Jetsons, you know, the old cartoon. Uh, my dad told me. That. <laughs> I knew, I knew someone was going to jump in on that one. <laughs> this, this is like the, uh, like the redemption arc, right? Of my, uh, of my, of my, of my ageist yeah. joke earlier. <laughs> Jed Clampett. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Revenge. Been waiting 20 years to tell that gag. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, um, yeah, so their Jetson processor is like that. I mean, it comes in a little box, you know, it's like sits on your desktop. It's uh, you know, they have fanless GPUs, they have all kinds of all kinds of GPUs for all kinds of purposes. So it's yeah, I would I would love to see Genelec do something like that. Yeah. Interesting. There's, there's some, yeah, I'm, I I look at how limited the DSP and uh Universal Audio's hardware is, you know, and this this would just absolutely blow it out of the water in terms of capabilities. I mean, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of Universal Audio's products, obviously. I mean, I've used them, you know what I mean, in the past um, and sold them on Craigslist, you know, because it's like yeah. like everybody, it's like you use it and then you realize, well, maybe I don't actually need this right now or whatever it is. So I don't own any right now. Right. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting thought, the idea that, uh, to put it lightly, you know, that that the GPU that's already on my, my gaming laptop that cost me $900 can outperform you know, like an Apollo, you know, that's pretty crazy. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the, I think it's all within business models, right? I was having this discussion with, uh, um, you know, De, uh, uh, Herb over at Pensado's place sort of off camera, um, mm-hmm. c- a couple weeks ago, we were just chatting about it and I was thinking about, you know, how, um, you know, you know, b- business models are interesting because it's like when you build hardware, um, you know, the impetus is, is really trying to get the users to buy the next piece of hardware. Right. 
And I've got a lot of respect for that. But if you're a hardware agnostic company like us, we can't really prioritize that. So for us, the hardware is moving forward without us, right? Which is why I think that our priorities as an innovation company are so heightened. Um, because it's like, dude, the, the new NVIDIA GPU is coming out, you know, in a, in four months, whether you like it or not, right? The 40, like the 4,000 4, series. So we got to be ready for that. You know what I mean? Because what it means is that even even just based on the GPU driver update, some of those driver updates give like 10, 15% increase in efficiency and performance. You know, so you're getting a boost in performance just having a driver update, you know, and then when you buy a new GPU, you sell your old one on Craigslist, you know, upsell yourself about 300 bucks and buy a new one, you know, after the cost of selling and re- repurchasing a new one. And you might have something that has, you know, 50% more power, um, you know, a year later. So, so that hardware drive is constantly there pushing. And that's what makes GPU audio as a technology exciting to me from a user standpoint, because I know that I'm going to just continually get upgraded, you know, without, yeah. without having to, you know, sort of be squeezed, uh, you know, emotionally by marketing and stuff like that. Like, oh shit, I got to buy the new one, right? I got to buy the new, the new DSP interface. As much as I love those, those interfaces and how game changing they, they have been, you know what I mean? I think, <laughs> I mean, the, the future is yeah. digital and, you know, hard, hardware will find, will find its, its own way. And I think hardware is going to change and I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. I mean, shit, I, sorry for all the swearing. I hope, I hope universal audio is like, <laughs> Hey, let's put a GPU in there. You know what I'm saying? It's uh yeah yeah well you know there's I, no reason not to to be approaching it from that sort of mindset un- unless they want their products to be specific to their hardware but even then I mean maybe there's maybe there's a concession that can be made somehow you know I, I just think GPU audio is such a great um you know it's a great vessel for companies that want to do innovative things that's that's yeah, basically well, the bottom line when, when they re- when they announced Spark there was an interesting reaction from the user community let's just put it that way. I thought I thought that was an interesting yeah we were posting it in our forums you know on our um in our internal channels and you know I mean like generally the vibe was like hey this is this is exciting I mean I think it's great that there's going to be native support for for this stuff um but what the negative yeah, the, the guys that didn't like it were the ones that were already heavily invested in the uh, hardware <laughs> they were well, the ones oh, that were I see like this saying. isn't a club anymore I don't want to be a member of this club because <laughs> now everybody else that doesn't have a DSP based hardware device can use that's not fair that's what we got got out of a, <laughs> yeah. like a lot that's of that going on it yes. was kind of funny oh man that's just the worst though right like when you spend all this money and then it's like oh by the way it doesn't work that that'd be like all the euro rack guys you know who are modular synthesis yeah. if one day the United States, like, you know, put a moratorium on like a certain type of power supply or something, you know, right. everybody's like, what the hell just happened? I can't use any of my shit. I have like $150,000 worth of, yeah, uh, worth of gear, you know? And yeah, I, I totally understand that, that pain. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, ho- hopefully, hopefully more tech companies will realize that, um, you know, that, that sort of, again, that walled garden sort of mentality, um, is, I mean, Look, it's not it's not the mindset that that the users of the future have, right? I think like young people, like teenagers, guys in their twenties, girls in their twenties, right? Um, you know, everybody who's making music, like people aren't thinking that way necessarily. They're not they're not thinking in the same old traditional style of, you know, yeah. wanting to be sucked into like an entire specific kind of ecosystem. I think it needs to be right. an open future. So, so I yeah, agree. you know, it's a painful. Yeah, painful move, but honestly, I mean, I think Universal Audio was super smart to be doing that. Yeah, I agree. 
from my perspective. Does anybody here work for Universal Audio? I'm, no, no, no. no. I no. mean, I, I do unofficially, but I've never gotten any checks from them. So, <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I was just curious. That's all. You know. Well, I say so because yeah. I've probably sold more fucking Universal Audio interfaces to voice actors than any <laughs> planet Man. Earth. Man. But uh, besides that. I'm not bitter or anything, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, I have supported bitter, yeah. the use of their product heavily for about 10 years, and I've waned in my support dramatically mm. over the last two years, but um, mm. that's a whole other discussion. But uh, yeah, I'm very interested to know more about how we can, we can find better tools for voice actors who don't need or need to know about hardware or dependency on infrastructure, just need solutions so that they can do their job because they don't get paid to engineer, they get paid to act. Yeah. You know, that that makes me think of something, um, if I'm not jumping in on top of anybody here, um, am I? Nope. No. No, okay. no. okay, great. You know, that, that really makes me think about, you know, accessibility and, and user interface design, right? So, you know, w- one of the big questions that a lot of people have is like, okay, does an audio system need to be a plugin? You know, does it need to be in a DAW? Like, why can't it just be on the web, right? So, I mean, a really cool product idea might be, you know, for someone who's dealing with dialogue like you are, you know, what if you were to be able to, what if you were able to build the system that you wanted, you know, into a web browser and the GPU, you know, powered plugins and stuff like that with all the DSP performance that you need to get a delivery right, you know, the first time is actually on a super, you know, sort of like brain dead easy, you know, interface that's housed on a web, on the web, right? Um you know, yeah. I know that there could be internet connectivity issues um, in some LA studios, you know, they're just kind of like, you know, haven't, haven't figured out their Wi-Fi and stuff, but you know, in the, it's not going to be too long before that's a thing of the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking those, those kind of situations can be possible too. And, and actually the, the way that we do GUI design with GPU audio, um, you know, the tech stack allows you to house your VST plugins uh, it port them over to web web like super super easily, so you can still have all those crazy, you know, amazing graphics if you wanted GPU processing, low latency, just on the web. So, so basically, our plugins are going to the future of the plugin system will be interoperable with web based audio platforms. So that'll make it even easier for you know developers or companies to to provide you know access to users and and artists. Well, to conclude, someone who like myself who is not techie, uh, if it's a one button kind of system that sits in an interface, that would be superb. We will talk about it. That, that sounds amazing. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as me. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Triboot. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. ProAudioSuite.com.